You're listening to episode 67 of Fearless Rebel Radio. If you are struggling to accept your body uh, and have a good relationship with food and you have a lot of fear around it and your identity has been tied up in your image, you are going to really love this podcast with Anne-Sophie Reinhardt. Before we begin, I just want to remind you to go to summerinandin.com forward slash freebies to get my free 10-day body confidence makeover, or you can go to thebodyimagecoach.com and you'll find places to get my free 10-day body confidence makeover there. All right, let's get started with the show. Hi everyone, I have a longtime friend and colleague on the show today. Today I'm interviewing Anne-Sophie Reinhardt, who serves entrepreneurs, coaches, and highly ambitious women who want out of their destructive relationship with food and their bodies by helping them to respect their body wholeheartedly. She's a certified Martha Beck life coach and eating psychology coach, founder of the award-winning blog and podcast Escape Diet Prison, successful speaker and workshop leader who works with clients all over the world. Welcome to the show, Anne-Sophie. Thank you so, so much for having me. I know. Yeah, me too. I was just (laughs) saying, like, I mean, um, just for anyone who doesn't know me personally, because I don't think I've mentioned this a ton, but you were like one of the first people I discovered in my, in my body image journey. Like I remember I was, um, searching body positive or body image podcasts and you, yours from, uh, several years ago, I guess now was one that I had found. And, um, and then somehow we connected through like the entrepreneurial world and, uh, yeah, I mean, we've been like acquaintances and and colleagues ever since and so I'm so excited to have you on the show today thanks and I totally forgot yes you mentioned that before so um that's pretty interesting made me go back to that I think it was called the true beauty podcast yes I did with a co-host so yeah good times (laughs) it's been a while that was like that was a long time ago right and like I and I remember like I was like I kind of like fangirled you when I like saw (laughs) that you were um you were in this like Facebook group that we were both mutually in with with other entrepreneurs and I was like oh my god I love your podcast like I was and it's so cool too uh that you know that we've just become um like friends and we continue to support each other and everything else so uh I can't believe that this podcast has been on the air for almost two years and I haven't interviewed you yet so I'm really excited to have you here today <laughs> well to your defense right I was super busy I was having a child and all that so yeah, just... <laughs> yeah. life changed eh? <laughs> a, little a little bit yeah well for those of my list so for my listeners that maybe aren't familiar with you um, or your story can you uh, just talk about how you got into the work that you do and what inspired you to do that Sure. So it's a long story, right? Um, I had a pretty severe eating disorder. Um, I started dieting, I think, when I was 9 or 10, around that age, and then it really went quite quickly into me obsessing over food and my body and exercising and, you know, only eating very little and just spending my entire childhood, more or less, and then, you know, my teenage years being really miserable and fighting my body in every way possible. So, you know, that lasted for about 14 years and went up and down and up and down. I was anorexic, then I was binge eating, and then I went back to being anorexic. And um, it was really just a miserable time. And I got married when I was 24. It was really crazy. Um, We got married within six weeks and, you know, I wanted out of where I lived and I just, you know, wanted to to be safe more or less. Mm -hmm. And so my now (laughs) ex-husband was like that, my savior. And I thought, you know, I'm in love. Um, He wants to marry me. And he told me he loved me. And, you know, there's this guy, he's going to make everything good, right? He's going to heal my relationship with food. He's going to tell me you're beautiful. He's going to say everything's all right and I'm going to be fabulous. And that was not the case. And instead of healing, instead of getting better, I deteriorated and really got worse. And I stopped eating um, more or less altogether and, and just got really, really scaredy thin. 
And so I admitted myself to treatment. And, it, you know, that really started a process of me getting to know myself, who I was, why I was doing what I was doing, what, what I needed to heal. And I started to really figure out who is this person behind that eating disorder, which was not an easy process. But through this, you know, questioning and really uncovering all these things that I never thought, beliefs about myself, but also fears about life, um, I started to podcast and blog, so it was really natural. I, I had made a lot of friends online throughout those years where I was, you know, eating disordered and, and depressed, and they were podcasters, and so I began to, to live in this world of blogging, podcasting, which was how I had contact with the outside world for a very long time and so I fell into this I really just fell into this blogging about what I was going through in treatment and later on and without my without it being intentional at all I received many letters and emails from girls telling me that it was just really helpful that I was being so open because back then even though it's not such been a long time it's not been such a long time People didn't really talk about eating disorders all that much, right? There was no, I mean, now it's only been six years, but in my experience now, there's way more awareness. So for me back then, it was just me being really open and vulnerable and just sharing what, what's been going on. For, but for other women, girls, it was very helpful and healing. So that started the whole process of me just seeing that, first of all, I wasn't the only one, right? There were others who were struggling with the same stuff. And so I began the blog, I began the podcast, and it just, you know, turned into me now coaching women. And I've been doing this for a few years now. Mm -hmm. And um, where do you live? Where did you... I live in Germany. Yeah. So tell me, like, I'm curious to know, um, what's, I mean, what's like, what's the body positive atmosphere like over there i mean you know is is there uh like are there resources is it or you know do you do you sort of feel like you're a bit of a solo warrior in the in the german market yeah i am <laughs> yeah i am which you know i mean the u.s or the english-speaking um nations all over the world um they're more open, for sure. It's easier, I think, to talk about these issues. Germans are, well, you know, we talk about now, we talk about anorexia, we talk about the eating disorders, but the daily struggle of women, right, that we're all going through and this feeling so insecure, that's not being talked about. And people are not open. When I talk about this, they, they tell me, you know, all this fluff about self-love and all this craziness around being um, accepting your body as it is. And, you know, that's just more or less bullshit that we don't want to talk about. We want to be thin and I don't want to talk about all the shame or anything that's going on around that topic. So, um, yeah, that's why I choose to do everything in English too, right? Because I was sick and tired of fighting an uphill, uphill battle. I, and, you know, um, I try to obviously talk with my nieces about all of these things and because they're 15 years younger than I am and I really want them. And I see how they're struggling too already. And I, I really want them to have more body confidence. But generally, it's still more of a taboo. Um, but that also is part of German culture and you know how we deal with things I think mm -hmm. yeah I was so yeah. curious about that because um you know I've had some some contact like through the through the internet with people who um who live uh in 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 Europe and uh specifically actually Germany as well as I think um Switzerland and mm -hmm. Um, just, you know, they've just kind of reached out saying that there, you know, there's like no resources and that this like cultural ideal is so heavily kind of ingrained and, and, um, that there isn't really this other, you know, body positive movement happening mm -hmm. over there that you see in North America. Yeah. 100% yes. And it was, it's interesting because, you know, I, I was in treatment in Switzerland and I lived in Zurich, which you know, you see super thin women everywhere <laughs> because, you know, it's a rich city, um, lots of upper class people. So definitely everyone's skinny over there. But it's, you know, you have the traditional treatments, but no 
coaches or anything like that, right? Um, and when there is a health, when you talk about health, it's, you know, you talk about nutritionists and you, you know, you work with those, but it's, there's nobody I've met or heard of that talks about, um, you know, like I said, body confidence, shame around these um, issues, how to deal with the binge eating or overeating or whatever in, in different ways other than, you know, creating a meal plan. Or yeah, anything. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it is really sad. And I had, for the longest time, I had a German website, but there was just no interest, none. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure girls and women want it, right? But there's just this, I don't know, this, well, I know, it's, it's skepticism, right? <laughs> That's how we are in Germany. We're really like, no, I just want to look at this for a while before I actually think that yeah. any of this could work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so cool that you're a trailblazer over there and just, you know, paving your own way and, and reaching the international markets, you know, because, um, that, you know, the, the North American market loves you too. The English speaking world (laughs) loves you as well. (laughs) Like it's, it doesn't really matter. Right. It's, I mean, it's just like, that's, that's what's so great is that you can, you, that's what's so great about the internet is you can be anywhere in the world and it just, your location doesn't really matter. But, um, I love that you're, like a trailblazer in your own country because, you know, to not have that sort of, I don't know, just support in your, in your, where, where you kind of grew up or like to have other people doing similar things to you. I imagine that, um, you know, it takes, it takes a little bit more courage to be like, all right, no, this is, this is what I'm doing. And so I think that that's, that's really awesome. Yeah. um, It was actually quite interesting when I first began to blog, I received a really scathing email from a friend, you know, saying that, how dare you do this? You'll never get a job in your entire life (laughs) sharing this openly, you know, about your, your struggle. And that was definitely one of those points in my life where I was like, what am I doing? Right. But I didn't want to hide behind my shame anymore. And I did want to talk about it because I somehow knew that it was going to help me heal not that everyone, you know, has to, to go out and blog about it, but for me, just writing about it and knowing that my family was reading it, which it was all about, right? It was never meant to anyone in public, um, that I needed that to, for them to actually see, well, her struggle is real. She's not, you know, not eating and wanting to mm-hmm. be pitied or any of these things that people say. So, um, yeah, but, but there is definitely... Um, a lot of a lot of shaming going on about the shame that we experience yeah, yeah. eating disorders. Oh man, that's so hard. Yeah. What was um what was the hardest part of recovery for you? <sighs> for me it was my food was well, my my body was my identity, right? It was my I was thin. <laughs> I was the thin one in the family. I was a very sad person they you know people told me I was never smiling and all these things but I was thin and thin is really powerful and um, especially in my family I was the controlled one and giving that up where you know no matter what I did in my life I was thin knowing that no matter you know if I failed in an exam or if I didn't get the job or anything I was still thin mm-hmm. and giving that up and then it it felt like a free fall because I was um if I failed at something now it was really about me failing and it wasn't about me not having the energy because I was so thin that I was sick or I didn't have that fallback right on my thinness and I wasn't able to restrict a little bit more to make all the pain of me failing or not doing something as great as I wanted it to be Mm -hmm. Um, I was able to take that away through you know focusing on my body and food so really just figuring out well who who is this person behind the eating disorder who am I and what do I like what do I want what makes me happy do I even like food what kind of foods do I like do I even like exercise right what what do I like about that do I have any skills do I have any talents and all these things that and I, I, you know, I, I forgot about all of these things when I started dieting. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually a really creative child, but it just took the backseat um, over all these years. And so that definitely was the scariest part. Um, and once I really leaned into that, food got eating and, and, you know, not focusing so much on my weight 
got easier. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I started to really, without knowing it, now I know it, now I'm a coach, now I know what I did back then, but without really being aware of it, I just filled my cup in other ways than I ever did before. And I started to really do things I liked. And I started to really do, and, and wrote, and, you know, I, I really... I started to engage with people again and build relationships, and I just began to to live. Um, and so, through me living, you know, food and, and and my body just weren't that important anymore. Yeah, I think um, you know you kind of hit the nail on the head with the the you know thinness and your body being your identity. It, it like it becomes this way to protect us, you know, like well, if, if everything fails or if something else fails, like, at least I have this, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. this is, this is my protection, but that protection really prevents us from, from living. So, I mean, how did you drop that, that protection? Like what, um, what helped you to let that go and to just allow your body to just be at whatever, you know, whatever shape it was going to be and to, to, Mm -hmm. to stop identifying yourself as being thin yeah so first for me it was a lot of journaling really I I filled so many journals just writing down write write all my fears all these insecurities all the things I thought you know were great about being thin (laughs) you know I just wrote it all down and then I went back to what did I like as a child and I just tried to experiment a bit with that and then over the years you know obviously um, you build a stronger relationship with yourself every day in a way, right? So um, it was I wasn't healed within two weeks or three months or anything like that. It took a couple of years for me to really say, all right, food is not that important anymore. And I can really say I'm not dieting anymore and I'm not um, exercising so much anymore, exercising for weight loss or, you know, so... Um, I think I'm pregnant, and I think for me that was the biggest thing, um, knowing that I was having a son, or I was having a child, I didn't know it was a son, but knowing that my body was not my own anymore for those nine months, and I was actually sharing it with, sharing it with someone, gave me, first of all, the permission to eat what I wanted for real. Mm-hmm. So before that, I was practicing it, but there was still a little bit of that well, what if, right? I was doing much, much, much better. I was free of all of anorexia. I was not having any of these behaviors, but there was still this little bit of um, doubt in the back of my mind, right? Can I really let go completely? And so I got pregnant and I just ate and I binged for, <laughs> for like two months. I was really just eating, eating, eating. And then it stopped, right? The binging stopped and it was not that interesting anymore. And I started to really fully eat when I was hungry, when I wanted to eat something, right? And then I stopped when I was fuller, when I'd had enough. So the rules were gone and I just really listened to my body. So, and I always tell this, and yes, I had the permission of being pregnant, right? Which you think that, oh, now I can just gain all the weight I want. Mm-hmm. But, um, I had to go through these months of just really eating what I wanted, you know, letting go completely for me to completely heal, know that I was, wasn't dying, right? I was nothing were, were, um, really, really bad was happening. I was able to still sleep at night and I was still functioning and I was still able to walk and I didn't blow up. Like I always thought I would, it was just right. That mental, all these beliefs that I was still holding on to they I was able to let them go through actually taking action and just letting completely go of my of all my 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 toxic beliefs and all my rules and all my you know all these thoughts and and experiences that I'd had accumulated over all these years and the fears obviously so yeah that is and ever since then there was, you know, I gained a lot of weight when I was pregnant. People made fun of me. I didn't care. And then, you know, I didn't worry about my body afterwards. I didn't think about how to get my body back or all these crazy things. And I was just okay. And, you know, 
I am more of a thin person, which is people often tell me, right? You, you, you can talk, right? <laughs> your, yeah. Um, your body, your, 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 you know, your petite and all that. And yeah, I am right now, right? And it's always like, I don't know. I know my body's changing all the time, every day. I don't know what my body will look like in five years, but I know that I am so deeply committed to my body and my health and my well-being, right? I never want to diet ever again. I'm never going to skip a meal because I want to lose weight ever again. Um, that I don't care. And I really, you know, the body has gotten to be so much more than just this thing I need to shape and need to make really, really, really skinny. Mm-hmm. So that was a very long answer, but I hope I. <laughs> yeah, and I think <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the things I'm sort of hearing through that is we talk about like changing our thoughts or our beliefs, um, you know, especially as it relates to food. And I think you know we can we can kind of do that to get to a place of food neutrality. Mm-hmm. By, you know, just changing the way that we talk to ourselves and changing, mm-hmm. um, you know, the way that we uh, look at food and think of food. But until we give ourselves that full permission, like, and that occurs in the action, like the actual eating of the food mm-hmm. and um, that it, you know, you, it, you don't get to that place where food is just food and it is e- and eating is easy. Yeah. And you know, one thing I want to add is that really there was also a lot of work um, on my body image. <laughs> and I think that may have been even more important, right? Just really connecting with my body again for the first time ever and not looking at it in a mirror and saying, you know, that's wrong and that's wrong, but just feeling my body and practicing mindfulness and, and really just um, becoming aware of it. That for me um, was huge. You know, and I, I don't even know how to describe it, but the moment where I was like, oh, right, that's actually part of me and that's an essential part of me. And it's not just my fat or my cellulite or, right, but there's so much more. And it's not something that I need to hate or judge or anything to live a good life. And, you know, I, I really, I got a lot of cellulite when I got pregnant. So, you know, I didn't have that before, but then now I do have it. Nobody's ever said a word about it. I still walk around in hot pants. I still, right? So it's like I was scared of so, so many things throughout all these years, and they never really manifested, or they really didn't ever manifest, right? It was just all in my head. Mm -hmm. And once I connected to my body, it really got so much easier. Yeah, so you talk about connecting to your body. What helped you do that? Um, so I, I tried many things, many, many things. I tried meditation. I tried a few tools that I learned as a mother big life coach. We call it, for example, body compass. It's just where you drop into your body. You feel every part of your body as neutral as you can, right? It's just about becoming aware of it. So for us as women, most of the time when I say think, you know, become aware of your thighs, you may become aware of your thighs, but then you're also saying, well, I'm too fat or my thighs are too fat or I do have cellulite there. Or when I say become aware of your, your, your belly, you think about fat and you think about saggy skin, whatever. So for me to just re- being like, okay, what do my feet feel like actually, right? Just feel like, how, what do I sense there? What do my thighs feel like? Just becoming aware of these things and that difference, noticing temperature, noticing texture, noticing all these things helped me to let go of a lot of judgments. And I was able to learn that, you know, my body sends me a lot of signal signals throughout the days and it really helps me to live a good life. So I, I began to respect my body, right? Like, oh, wow, this thing is actually doing something for me. And um, instead of judge it all the time. So I did the mindfulness exercises. Um, sometimes I would just walk barefoot and I still to this day, walking barefoot grounds me so much in my body. And I hardly, when I'm at home, I always am barefoot. Um, so that for me, just knowing that there's this connection, I am here and I'm, you know, firmly on the ground. My body is something, there's a weight. And I actually now like that there's a weight, right? Which holds me to the ground instead of makes me fly somewhere in the air. So these things, little things, mindfulness, grounded, being grounded, 
meditation, which I gave up when I had a son. It's just not possible. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you just fall asleep, I'm sure. You just be like, oh, it's time to sleep. <laughs> no. um, but yeah, really just, I mean, it, it is a practice. And you, you know, you have to cultivate it. It's not something you do once and you're like, okay, I'm trying this mindfulness exercise right now. Great, I feel my body. And then you go back to hating it. It is something you need to do every day and it doesn't have to be something big so I started really by taking breaths three deep breaths before I had my first coffee in the morning so that was my deal and breathing for me for me just I never breathed right I never wanted to be in my body it just was like breathing here in the in, in, in my um uh you know upper part of, uh, of my of my body and I never really wanted to feel my belly expand so breathing even if it's just three times that helped and then you know I, I, I added to that practice and once you really do that all the time and you're persistent then you will connect and you will your body image will change from looking at it to really feeling it on the inside mm-hmm. yeah I think I think that that is such a such a cool and important point um you know, because we, we lose touch with, like, what's actually happening inside. Like, we live so much in our mind. And, um, yeah, like you said, our body does all these really incredible things. Mm-hmm. And when you can just start to, like, notice and feel those things and yeah. detach your emotions from, like, the, the way that your body looks... Um, it's, it's crazy. Like what, you know, how powerful it is to just connect with it on this whole other level. Like, you know, when we've abused it, like as a dieter or as someone who has an eating disorder, you know, you're, you're essentially abusing your body. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it's no wonder we get frustrated because your body fights back. <laughs> yes, like here, I don't deserve this. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, it's 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 a cool thing to actually flip around and then appreciate. And it's like, what can you appreciate about that? Like, your body's actually trying to look after you and keep you safe and keep your body functioning. Um, but we just we live so much up in our minds, and so um, yeah, I think just kind of connecting with like the way that things feel in in mm-hmm. our body is like such a cool place to to reconnect with it in a, in a way that is like very um, very much from a place of gratitude. Yes, and you know what always drops me in the body is just um, putting a, my ha- hand on my heart, right, and feeling my heartbeat. Um, so whenever I feel stressed or, you know, I'm like, oh, don't look great today. Um, I do that. And that really pulls me in. It's like my heart's still beating every single day. It's beating and it keeps beating and it keeps beating every second. How incredible is that? So these little things, you can do that them anytime, right? You can just, nobody's going to care if you have your, heart, uh, your hand on your heart. But um, it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. What do you say to someone who says they don't have time to do this kind of work? Well, they do have time to hit their body, right? They do have time to yeah. <laughs> read and buy new diet books and search for the latest weight loss um, camps or programs online. So it is, I mean, it is an investment in time, but it t- so much it takes up so much less time than hating your body and effort and energy, right? So it is, at first, it may be like, no, I can't do this. It's an uphill battle. I, you know, I have a busy life. I'm a mom I, or whatever. I have a, a dog and I need to, you know, to take care of that. And I have um, a house and I have a job and all these things. How will I be able to do that? I think it's essential and you can't not do it. I mean, the option, right, is for you to continue hating your body and living this life of misery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and if you want to do that, okay. But if you say that, well, this is really worth it, and it should be because this is your life. This is, you know, what you've got. This is, this is your one chance. Then oh, you will just, you know, I sometimes wish I could take clients to the other side just for a second to, to, to show them, you know, what it's like when you don't have that burden, when you don't have that constant fear that constant worry that constant counting of calories or whatever it is you do it's 
I mean, life is just infinitely better. And <laughs> just so you do have a lot more time on hand when you stop all these behaviors. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds to me like you, you had a lot of hope in your, in your recovery, like, and, 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 you know, how important was that for you? Or did, or did you feel hopeless at some, at some points in your recovery or were you always like, you know, did you always have this mindset of like, I can do this and like, I'm going to do this. And like, I have hope and belief that it can be better. No. And no, I think I was, I had no hope. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I did yeah. myself. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to do this because what else will I do? Right. And, and then I went there and I didn't want to change. I mean, I didn't, I still did what I did at home. I was just like, okay, I'm here now, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> fix me and I'm not going to change anything to just fix me. Um, and I, you know, because I, I didn't want to gain weight and I didn't want to give up what I've been doing. And so there was, you know, what, what people told me made no sense and I didn't want to believe them. There really was a lot of fear and a lot of agony at the beginning and right it's so funny because I keep seeing the these posts on Facebook where you know they take you back to on this day six years ago or oh, whatever. The memories yeah yes and it's like all this despair I felt and I now it's it's actually really interesting for me to see that because I had totally forgotten about it and no I was not hopeful but I kept going because there was no other option, right? So it was like I had no education at this point. I, I was not healthy enough to work. I was, I, there was nothing else but me actually recovering. And so I kept going and I, you know, just took it one, one day at a time. And I don't know, I really, I think my one thing that kept me going was that I wanted to be a mom at one point. Mm. And I, you know, I didn't have my menstrual cycle because I was so thin. And so I think I, I wanted that back. I wanted at least to give birth at some point to a child or to, you know, be able to conceive. So that had always been my dream. So that was the one thing that kept me holding on to just doing it um and you know this what this the reason is different for everyone but I think that we all have something that we want to have in the future so if we hold on to that one thing even if it feels painful and even if we don't want to do it and even if we don't really believe that anything anyone says is true um you know you can you can continue and you can go on and you can get to the other side at one point yeah, I think that's really important because I know it can feel really um, hopeless in the beginning yeah. and like, why am I doing this? Like this, like I'm going to be miserable either way, you know, and, and yeah. I think that um, that that impacts a lot of women and, um, you know, it's you, you hear a lot about people like us who like, you know, have kind of quote unquote made it to the other side, mm. but um yeah, it was, it was hard. It was, it was hard in the beginning. And it's like, it takes a lot of fight to, to stick, to stick with it and be like, no, this has to work for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not, you know, you're giving up your entire world in a way. Everything you've always told yourself is being true and everything you've ever believed is being true. You're giving that all up and that is not easy. Um, but it gets easier over time. It does yeah. get easier. Yeah. And so what does loving your body mean to you? Like if you were to kind of describe that to somebody, what does that, what does that mean to you? I was just on vacation and, you know, I had vacations in the past where I would lose or gain tons of weight, mostly gain. And because I was, you know, just eating, eating, eating all the time, because when I went back home, I had to go back on diets so loving my body and you know having these experiences for me means that I can go on vacation and continue eating the way I eat have a little bit more have a little bit less don't care about it and respect my body the entire time we were in France I ate a lot of croissants I ate a lot of baguette loved it every piece of it um, and you know I wasn't scared that I would gain weight or that my body was going to change and I also didn't have to think that you know I have to eat everything I can right now because when I come back home I'm gonna have to diet I just went back home and I did what I always do 
that for me is true freedom and that for me connects a lot to body love and body respect and, and you know all that because it's it's like I gave my body pleasure because you know my body likes food <laughs> my, my, my senses like food and I allow myself to not give you know to do not give what I eat all that power over my body and um, body love for me means waking up not stepping on a scale, not caring about what I ate yesterday, right? Not being so scared about what, what I was going to eat today. It just means me being co- confident and feeling confident in the body I have now and being able to wear what I want, not thinking about, you know, how, I'm go- how am I going to fit an exercise, a workout into this already busy day and just letting it all flow and exercising when I want to, when I really feel it, which it is most days because I actually like moving. Mm-hmm. You know, exercise has now a different, completely different meaning. Yeah, for so, sure. <laughs> and it is, you know, really just listening to my body. But I always say say that because, you know, there's all this craze around really intuitive eating out there now that you're supposed to listen to your body and exactly know what your body wants. That's not what I mean. But for me, I know when I want something that looks really delicious and I've already eaten, I'm still going to have it because, you know, it just looks really delicious. But I'm not going to eat to the point where I feel so sick that I think I'm going to, you know, have to purge or whatever I did before. So it's listening to my body. It's also listening to my mind and it's combining them and not judging, not ever judging my body for what it looks like. I mean, sometimes easier said than done because I too look in the mirror sometimes and I look, oh, you know, I think just, well, (laughs) you've changed, but, um, it doesn't hold any power over me anymore, right? It's not going to impact the way I eat or the way I think or feel about myself. Yeah. Oh, that's, I love how you said that. Like, cause we still have days where maybe we just feel like, blah, like you said, um, but the the difference is it doesn't have power over you anymore. So you can still love your body and have a bad body day. Like exactly, yeah. And I just uh, so that's such a good way of of putting it. So when you're having one of those days, what do you do to manage it, or what do you what would be your advice to somebody who is having one of those days? I think on those days, I'm just really <laughs> loving on myself. I um, you know, I actually had one on Sunday and I was suddenly my, my, my jeans felt a little bit too tight and I was like, what's going on? Um, but it was just a feeling. It really was just a feeling. I had a lot, lot of stuff going on. I check in what is going on with myself, right? Is there something that's bothering me in my life? Is there something I... I, you know, have to heal or whatever. Sometimes there is, and sometimes really it's just like, well, I don't know. Today is just one of those days. Yeah, right? Yeah, we don't always have to figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) And I, you know, I just choose to be compassionate. I tell myself, right, it's just a feeling. It's nothing happened in the last five minutes. You didn't blow up. Nothing really, nothing happened. It was just, you know, suddenly you felt this way. And I distract myself you know I mean sometimes there really is something going on but most of the time it's just old habits whatever and I just go either do something with my son or I'm going to listen to music or I'm going to work or you know just do something else and then it's mostly gone within an hour or so sometimes it's not but then I continue you know just living my life so I think don't give it too much power right again um, here we are the word power don't give it don't put um, too much of your energy into those days because sometimes we can actually feel like well I'm failing at this body love thing <laughs> I still have these days so what's wrong with me um, these days just happen and that's part of being human I don't know if men have these days but I know that a lot of women who consider themselves as being totally free of, of body hate feel that way at times and yeah. right so just be like yeah it happens so what yeah yeah honestly like I think that's it's so important to talk about because um you know it's it's easy to listen to podcasts and read blogs and you know I'm sure people who follow me would think oh like she never she never feels she always feels confident like she just mm-hmm. has it all figured out and it's like no like 
<laughs> I try to be pretty honest about it. You know, I've, yeah. I've written about it a few times. I try to be pretty honest about it with my audience, but like, I mean, I can't, I can't just be like at a complete open book. I mean, sometimes things are just like private to me, so I don't share everything, but yeah, you're going to have days where you just feel like blah. And, um, sometimes it's just about like accepting it. And sometimes it's about exploring it. Um, but you know, getting rid of this expectation that loving your body is going to mean that you are always feeling amazing, um, is, is important because otherwise you're setting the bar so high and you're never going to feel that way. Like, and then you're going to think you're failing at loving your body, which like, there's really no way to fail at it. No, no, absolutely not. And it's true, right? If, if you believe that, it's just another another failure in the whole um, body image um, mindset and, and stuff we tell ourselves about our bodies. But no, um, it's 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 part of it, right? It's part of it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And um, you know, how are you able to reframe your relationship with with uh, quote unquote exercise, which we'll call movement. And, mm-hmm. um, and like, you know, like you said, you know, like respecting your body, how are you able to reframe that without becoming like crazy and obsessive about it? Yeah. Which I was right for forever. Yeah. Um, really obsessed with exercise. And again, it was a process. I, I, when I, when I first recovered, I stopped exercising for a while because I really was addicted. And but then going back to it, I was a little bit scared of, you know, falling back into these old habits and old patterns. But one step at a time, again, it was just me beginning to figure out what kind of movement do I like, right? I had always exercised in the gym and I began to go and actually do classes with other people instead of just me being on the elliptical I began to see, you know, there's this community feel to exercising and then I did weights and I just tried everything, right? I just walked. I actually moved back to my parents when I got pregnant because I separated from my husband and there, you know, there's just this beautiful, beautiful forest. So I took a lot of walks and I was just outside, right? Not in the gym, being outside, fresh air, that helped me to first of all, slow down and not make exercise such a big deal. And what for me was really important too, is not to look at the calories, right? When you, when you exercise and there's this big, big, big number that tells you you've burned so many calories. So I tried to stay away from treadmills and the gym and in that way to just drop into the body more, get back to, to that feeling. Is this actually fun or am I so bored that I want to kill myself any minute now? And because I always was bored when I exercise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just experiment with it, see what I tried yoga, um, lots of yoga, I tried Pilates, I tried these things, these other ways of moving my body. And I really fell in love with yoga, really did, and I did that for a while. Um, that helped me to, you know, shift into the mind-body connection thing. And and then I began to just, you know, I still, I have to admit, I like exercising and really going and seeing where my, where my, where's, you know, how far can I go? I really do like that, but I don't do it every day and I don't do it in the gym and I don't, you know, it's not that pressure anymore. It's not something I have to do every day. I don't have to exercise every day. There are days when I don't feel like it, so I don't do it. There are days when I, when I tell myself I'm going to just do this for an hour and I, I'm, I get so bored after 10 minutes that I stop. So, you know, it's just that because I know that it doesn't really matter. So if I exercise for an hour or if I exercise for 10 minutes, my body's got some movement and I'm not looking for weight loss anymore, right? Because that was my goal. It was just either keeping my weight or losing more and more weight. And since that is not my goal anymore, it's just about moving my body. And as long as I'm having fun, as long as I'm dancing or doing any of these things, I, I'm good. If I don't have fun anymore, if I'm bored, I stop. And then I also incorporated, for, for the first time, actually saw that you don't, right, you don't have to go to the gym or do a formal exercise class to move your body. You can do it all by yourself and you can do it throughout the day the day and you can dance or you can you know just really just I dance with my son all the time we're having fun right just having fun and then one of the things 
while we're having fun is we're moving our bodies again um, at the same time. Or I'm going out for walks with him. We're going to the playground and I'm moving my body in that way. And it's not something that is super intentional, right? It's not something, okay, we're going to go to the playground for an hour today so that I get my movement and exercise in. But it's just something. And I, sometimes I notice I'm restless and I need to get rid of some energy, so I do that. Um, and, you know, it's, for me, it's sometimes hard to go back and retrace the steps. All I can say is that it, you, you commit to it and you take it one day at a time. And then when you look back in five years from now, you'll see how far you've come. In, in the day-by-day grind, you may not see it, but if you just say and believe it and work on your thoughts and all these things, you will get to this place and it will become less important. You won't neglect yourself and you, will, you know, all these things that sometimes we believe, but you will actually see that, well, today I would love to move, so you move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, you said so many great things there, you know, just about like giving yourself permission to stop if you're not enjoying it and, um, you know, thinking about it more as like play and, you know, mm-hmm. not like you have to just like go to the gym and have a routine and be consistent, you know, like, yeah. uh, and, and it's so refreshing to think about it that way. Like, it's like, oh my God, freedom. Like yeah. I can do whatever yes. I want here and just like yes. do what makes me feel good. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, I think, I mean, now I see my son and I see how he loves just being active all the time, right? He just moves all the time, moves, moves, moves. He runs and he's just up and down. And we, we like moving, but then when, when there's this point in our lives, when we tell ourselves that we can only, that only a specific kind of movement is acceptable <laughs> or that you know we can we we should only move at the gym because that's when we burn calories or when we start to put these labels on it we forget that it can actually be fun and that it can be part of your life and it can be well, I want to say fun again because <laughs> you know when I talk with women it's always like I hate exercise it's just so ugh. Yeah. and it doesn't have to be yeah yeah it's so true and I mean, you, 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 your child's about to turn two. Yes. What's like, how do you make time for self-care? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> You're like, like self-care, yes. what's that? <laughs> Very true. So for the first year, I didn't, right? You, you try to sleep when he sleeps or when, when the child sleeps and you try to, well, basically all you try is to get as much sleep as you can somehow that's your self-care in the beginning it's like i can i take a shower today that's part of my self-care now and it that changes it right but you know there's a there was a point for me when i said okay i do have to go back to at least journaling because that is my one thing Mm -hmm. that is my go-to tool that is what keeps me sane and that is what keeps me um you know going in everyday life and keeps me moving forward so I do that, and I do that in the morning. I actually, except for the weekends, I get back, I get up before he gets up, and I journal. And, you know, it's, it, sometimes it's just five minutes, but that to me is so essential and so important. And then, you know, I, when he's asleep at night, I do take time for myself. And, you know, whatever I want to do, I try not to work. I watch TV when I want to. I listen to podcasts often. I read a little bit. You know, that's that's me time. And that's just really, that is really important. But throughout the day, no, <laughs> it's not happening. Other than me breathing, which, you know, that, that helps. Um, there's no self-care right now. Yeah, I mean, to me, it sounds like you do the best you can, which is like, which is the, the most important thing. Like, that's all you can really do. And, yeah. um, and, and, you know, I do have days when I think back to what I did before I had him. And I was like, I had such a beautiful, elaborate morning routine. And I did all these <laughs> great things. And, and then life happened. And, you know, and I'm, you know, you don't obviously saying that I have a child and I'm, you know, um, people who don't have children don't have the same busy lifestyle. So life sometimes just happens, right? And then self-care takes a step back. But it's important to get back to it, right? To at least do one thing for yourself, one little tiny thing for you to not lose yourself, which can happen in our busy world. Yeah, I imagine it must be hard with a with a child, but 
it's great that you're able to at least do some things and some like you said sometimes it is only like five minutes like doing like the five minute journal in the morning or yeah. something like it's the little things can go a long way yeah or you know one of the things I love doing is taking baths and <laughs> that for me is pure luxury and so you know these things can really really just ground you and, and relax you and whatever yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you can do one of these things for yourself, then it, it changes a lot, I think. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. As we wrap things up, the last question I ask all my guests is what is the most fearless thing that you have done? <sighs> oh, um, what's the most fearless thing I've done? <sighs> um, I think deciding to be a single mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say um, that's true. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want to put single moms on pedest pedestals or anything, but it is a challenge. <laughs> it oh, is yeah. challenging oh, and it's yeah. the best, you know, I wouldn't want it any other way, but it, you know, it took, I had to put my business, you know, on the back seat and just really focus on my son for a little while there. And I love my business and I love doing what I do. So that was a little bit painful, but Having him and, and being with him and then raising him it's, makes, makes me really proud. It gives me so much. And just seeing him grow, um, yeah, he changes me in many, many ways. And that has been definitely not only, well, it's just been the best thing in my life, right, too. <laughs> mm, oh, that's so beautiful. And um, where can people find more of you? Well, go over to my website, um, anesophie.us, A-N-N-E-S-O-P-H-I-E.us. You can find my podcast. You can find my blog posts, um, you know, links to all other social media profiles, and sign up for the newsletter. I have a free three-day program called Escape Diet Prison. If you want to, that's really cool. And, yeah, everything's on my website. Yeah, and you, like, you have a podcast as well, right? Yes. Yeah, cool. And so um, I will link to all of those in the show notes, which people mm -hmm. will be able to find at summerinandin.com forward slash FRR dash 67 because this is episode 67. And Sophie, thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure. I loved being able to chat with you and finally get you on the podcast. Thank you so much. It was awesome. Rock on. If you like what you've heard, please head to iTunes to leave me a review. It will take two seconds and I would be super grateful. Click on reviews and ratings and then click to rate. Easy peasy. You can do it on your phone right now, just while you're driving even. Just kidding. And don't forget to head to summerinandin.com or thebodyimagecoach.com to grab your free rule breakers guide to rock in your bod plus the 10 day body confidence makeover plus your exclusive invite to my free online community all for free, 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 free. Cool. All right. Until next time, rock on. Yeah.